Yo, this is BJ Gador with the weekly BJ podcast, and today's episode is all about keto, the ketogenic diet, specifically in carb wars in general. I have a lot of experience and background with lower carb diets, which I'll touch on, and this just happens to be one of those questions I get a ton. What do you think about keto? And it's funny to me because keto is basically a repackaged version of the Atkins diet that was super popular in the 90s, which came in the face of this previous war on fat. Don't have butter, have margarine. You know, eat things like pastas and, and avoid things like steak and eggs. And this was a big war that happened and the food industry benefited by making a bunch of snacks and higher carb snacks, low fat snacks. And uh, it certainly didn't help people lose weight or get healthier and, and Atkins kind of came around and said, no, you actually want to have a lot of fat and protein and get rid of carbs and have 30 grams of carbs or less. And people got results on that diet, but really couldn't sustain it. Ultimately, what I, what I will tell you with this whole thing, right? Short term, keto or low carb diets tend to outperform the other diets when it comes to losing weight and fat. A lot of that from weight loss standpoint is you lose a lot of water weight the first couple of weeks because carbohydrates hold water, hydrate, right? For every gram of carbohydrate, you do hold water. So by cutting down carbohydrate in your diet, you will, especially in the first five to 10 days, expel a lot of water weight, which is why a lot of people get what's called the keto flu or other, other symptoms of like lightheadedness, dizziness, you know, because they're dehydrated because of that expelling of water from the system. So, you know, that that's one thing to consider. Again, like short term, it is true. Like if I was only had four weeks to prepare for something, get super shredded, I've done this before, the best diet that I've found for that, that I've seen with most people, most clients over the years, has been some form of a lower carb diet or carb cycling. You don't have to go all the way super extreme keto. And again, that's what I'm trying to really get in your head is that, you know, there is a clear difference between keto and low carb. You don't have to go keto to get the benefits of a lower carbohydrate diet. I think most people could benefit from some sort of carb cycling or just reduction of you know, non-produce carbohydrate in their diet if the goal was to lose fat. Some people do better with higher carbs. Those that tend to be more lean and thin, more ectomorphic body types, generally need more, need more carbohydrate anyway and struggle to gain weight. People like myself who are more endomorph body types naturally tend to be heavier, have no problem gaining weight. In fact, can gain weight like champs. You know, carbs can be a problem if they're, you know, if you have too many carbohydrates in conjunction with too many calories, and that's the biggest thing. At the end of the day, all that we know from the research is that energy balance is the most important thing. If you're taking in too many calories, regardless of macros, you're most likely going to be probably gaining some weight or some body fat and vice versa. But obviously, the quality of the macros matter based on body type, activity level, muscle mass, etc., training experience, age, all that stuff matters. And again, ultimately, it's all about finding the best diet for you. So my personal experience, um, and, and to that point, by the way, endomorphs especially do well with keto or low carb diets in the short term. I mean, they can get, they can lose a shit ton of fat where ectomorphs can never really do it. Like, uh, like super ectomorphs, like super lean, thin people. I mean, they'll, they'll literally feel like they're dying and can't even get through a couple days. I've seen that even cutting out fruit for them is like, they'll, they'll, they'll go crazy. They'll lose their mind. So again, it is very individualized and it's very much based on body type in a lot of ways. Activity level is huge too. Like part of what was a lot of people that did, you know, Atkins or keto, that they don't, they're not really active. Maybe they walk, but they don't do a lot of high intensity activity. So it actually isn't a bad thing to not have a lot of carbohydrate in your diet because carbs actually fuel 
high intensity activity and use more fat for fuel at lower intensities or at rest. So that's kind of confusing too, as people see, oh, I lost all this weight, but like they don't really do intense workouts. So in, in that case, if you're not doing a lot of high intensity activity, let's say it's just yoga or walking or nothing, you know, a keto diet might be the only option for some people to really see significant weight loss or whatever else. So just consider that, that that's a big part of it as well. I came from a background, you know, when I was my most overweight uh, in high school, like 17, 18, I got up to about 275. I was wearing a triple XL shirt, size 44 pants. You know, it was a really bad spot for me. And again, I, I was still training with weights, but I did not have nearly the level of muscle mass I do today. So uh, it was a lot of body fat. And one of the things I did right away is I made two really key changes. I cut out soda and juices. Really, I was drinking like six or seven sodas a day. I had milk and juice at every meal. There were so many liquid calories in that diet that you know that alone was going to be a big thing. And I also was finding that I was having like almost like a loaf of bread at dinner. Just bread was at every meal. And so I, I basically cut out bread and I cut out liquid calories and I lost 50 pounds in several months. And again, that, that's considering the fact that I was younger and everything else. But for my body type, I really responded to just cutting out those foods. The issue with that is, you know, what, what the diet that gets you there isn't necessarily the diet that will keep you there. And what can happen then is you have this negative association with those foods. So for like my entire twenties, I was deathly afraid of bread and, and, and Carbs in general it became very carb phobic. It became a source of a lot of anxiety and stress in my life. And one thing that's really important too is, you know, this is where I don't think it's truly calorie for calorie because if your diet stresses you out and adds anxiety, that is that is going to kill both your diet and also it's going to really affect your your body comp negatively. It's going to be hard to gain muscle mass, and uh, we know stress is a very potent uh, stimulator for storing fat. It just it throws everything off. So. You know, that's why, again, even if it's like the optimal diet, if it's stressing you out and causing anxiety, it's not going to be effective for you. So that's why it's always important to never let yourself be put in a box and to find the right diet for yourself with your own personal experimentation, trial and error, et cetera. And it takes years. And oftentimes, by the way, like as I've gained more muscle mass over the years and become more, uh, you know, in touch with my body in terms of what I respond to best, I need more carbohydrates today than I've ever needed in the past. You know, so the more muscle mass you have, the more carbohydrates you'll need on a daily basis, especially if you train hard. Understand this, you know, most people, it's all based on size and muscle mass, etc. But, you know, you can, your muscles hold glycogen, which is uh, the stored form of carbohydrate in your muscles. Uh, and so does your liver. So there's a limited amount that your body can hold of carbohydrate. And typically, let's say it's four to 500 total grams of carbohydrate for a larger person, uh, both for muscles and liver. So anything more than that amount, obviously someone that's very small, that with not a lot of muscle mass, it could be maybe half of what I would be able to hold. But at some point, if you overflow that storage tank, your body, especially if you're in a caloric surplus, your body will then start to st store fat and, and smooth out. So there, there is, I, I always equate carbohydrate intake to fuel. It's like uh, pumping gas. You know, if you only need 10 gallons, you know, uh, you don't want to go too low, but you also don't want to overflow that tank, right? Overflowing that tank means most likely fat storage. Going too low means you're going to feel like shit, you'll train like shit, and you'll often find yourself binging or really going the other way and falling off the wagon because your body hates extremes. And that's the biggest, another big takeaway today is that your body hates extremes. 
So it's minor changes and fluctuations and never being too low or for too long really is, is what's key because you can, it can cause a lot of metabolic damage. And I'll give you my personal experience. And I've had a lot of these issues really just like I'm 36 now and I'm finally really realizing like I had such a, I had a major eating disorder uh, for the last, you know, 15 years that I've been working through, um, you know, and I did a bodybuilding competition. My first one that I did, it was like Mr. Wisconsin State Fair and I went 16 weeks just green vegetables and uh, no other carbohydrate. Like it was super low. Got shredded. I was in the best shape of my life. The moment I got off that bodybuilding stage, uh, which by the way, it, the dumbest thing ever. It is great because like if you can get like the six percent body fat, like a true six percent body fat, uh, you can pretty much help anyone else get to where they're trying to go because no one wants to get that lean. And uh, th- there is definitely an educational part of it that you know. You really start to empathize with people from weight loss standpoint. You know, it might be something just to do for yourself without actually competing. But uh, I definitely don't recommend doing a show, especially if you're like me. I'm, I'm more of a grower than a shower, so wearing that, you know, that bikini uh, underwear on stage is never a good look, especially when it's cold outside. So uh, that's a side note. But after that show, I gained 35 pounds in five days because I just went on a bend. And the thing is, once when you cut out carbohydrates for that long. Like the most delicious thing, you know, one of the most delicious things, delicious things on the earth, and then it touches your lips again, you you're gonna lose control, right? You've basically uh, your body has no idea to handle that flavor, and it's gonna make you insatiable. And also consider that once you go through a period of cutting for a long period of time, an extended period of time, and you get really low levels of body fat, your body is primed to store as much fat as possible. It's perceiving some sort of survival state. So knowing. That, that's going on in your body, <laughs> uh, you're really, I mean, you are set up to just explode. And that's what a lot of people do. They, they literally explode and end up like I did. I was actually fatter than I was the before even starting the 16-week cut after those five days. I'm talking fucking, started at Cheesecake Factory. So, I'm you know, we got Louisiana chicken pasta, the nachos loaded, you know, uh, the cheesecakes at the end. And then, then you just start like doing stupid shit. Like I even like I drank a couple sodas. Like I I don't even do that, but I'm like, just because I could, or because I felt like I earned it, uh, burritos, like ice cream cakes. And then again, like 35 pounds in five days. It was, it was one of the most depressing times in my life. I went through that 16 week period of like intense training, perfection, uh, with diet and all that. And then like literally I'm in the worst shape I've ever been, uh, or worse shape I've been in a while. Definitely worse shape than I was before that process. So uh, you just have to understand the body hates extremes. You go too far one way, you will swing back harder the other way. And then you're also not learning how to manage those foods. And I'm just telling you right now, like I know plenty of people that have done keto or tried keto or had some success on keto in the short term, but I don't know anybody who's done keto for over a year. And if they have, they tend to either have offered a keto diet book or they take keto supplements or supplements that literally like they say this supplement will help you with keto flu like the symptom that comes with this unnatural diet that our body really was never meant to have and again I say this knowing that there are some people that actually do need ketogenic diets for health reasons I don't want to get into that that's more medical I'm, I'm more of a fitness professional I'm not a nutritionist but I know a lot of it and, and I get this question a lot and it just this is an experience thing and, and based on all the research and trial and error I've done with myself and people I've worked with over the years uh, so know that too and then what happens too is you start swapping in fake foods that are really high in fat and actually end up being higher in calories overall uh, you know you'll start making shit like 
and I'm not against it. Like I, I actually like some of this stuff like, you know, almond flour pizza, but then it's like four times more expensive than a regular pizza. It ends up being more caloric because fat has nine grams, nine calories per gram versus carbs and protein, only four calories per gram. So they're, it's more calorie dense, right? So you end up, yeah, you got rid of all the carbs, but you're, now you're eating something that is fucking actually almost uh, twice the calories. And again, again what we know, it, it comes down to this. Short term, yes, I, I would say, uh, you know, most of the time a keto or low carb diet will outperform other diets for short term weight loss or fat loss. Long term, all the studies show that they all wash out because ultimately people can't sustain most diets. It's unsustainable. If it's not sustainable, it's questionable. If you are planning on never having, you know, uh, bread, pizza, ice cream, if you'd like to drink beer, that type of shit ever again, brownies, cookies, I mean, muffins, I mean, what the fuck? Like, you're going to cut out all this amazing shit that, like, look, I love to eat. It's a big part of the joy in my life. And many of the times in my life when I hated my life, it's because I was just depriving myself of all this goodness. And now I found ways where I can incorporate it on a weekly basis in moderation and still look the way I want and train the way I want to train and, and be an, be a good person around my wife and family and like the mood swings you get on low carb diets. Like I, I, I was miserable. You know, uh, one of the moments I remember too is uh, I took my wife to a Mary J. Blige concert, Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a big music festival every summer. And I, I left halfway in the middle of the concert to go eat chicken and broccoli in the, in the trunk of the car because I was on the super extreme low carb bodybuilder diet. And, and like, even then I, I was balls deep in this like process. I was like, wow, this is, this is embarrassing. Like I was eating it and like looking around. I don't want anybody to see this because it's like, this is not human. I, I'm not a human. I'm, I'm becoming a fucking robot or alien. Who does this? So you don't want to go in that regard. And again, like I'm afraid to eat fruit that's a problem, right? You know, like I, I've finally gotten over this fruit phobia because, again, I know it's really all about the calories. And if I'm going to choose carbohydrate, the best ones are fruits and vegetables, produce. We'll touch more on that. So, uh, again, like you start swapping in fake foods, you got to start taking supplements. You completely cut off a food group, which is just not a healthy, long term, sustainable approach. And, uh, you know, it just, I, I, part of it is like, do it because you'll, you'll learn, you'll, you'll make some mistakes. And it's funny because I was, uh, I get my hair cut in uh, Thousand Oaks in California here. And one of the stylists was telling me, oh yeah, I'm doing the keto diet and I love it. I like, I have so much energy. I'm losing weight. And it's like, she's two weeks in. I'm like, I don't want to say anything. She'll, cause she's gonna have to learn. This is a great learning experience. There's nothing wrong with trying it, but I, you know, I know she's not going to do it long term. I know she's, you're, you're too, you're in the honeymoon stage. You've done it for two weeks. Like <laughs> try it for two months. Can you make it to a year? And at that point, like, there's no way. You're not going to, there's too many things out there. There's too many temptations. You're going to go off the wagon and then you're going to go right back. So it's just, just understand that you got to have a long-term approach to this stuff. And one of the things that I always go to, it's, you know, I saw someone on Instagram post, uh, my first keto Thanksgiving. And it was just like an image of all the fucking crazy modifications they had to make to a beautiful Thanksgiving meal to make it work with their diet when they could have just fucking been lower carb during the week and then indulge a little bit on Thanksgiving day and, and would have been fine. But you know, they had to make their first keto Thanksgiving and it looked like, I don't even care how good that shit tasted. You're not gonna be able to have fucking stuffing, cranberry sauce. 
You ever tried cornbread stuffing? I had that this past Thanksgiving. Unbelievable. You know, pumpkin pie. There's just, again, that's the type of thing where you, I, I call it the vortex of bullshit. You get caught in something, you get so deep, and uh, you start to talk yourself into doing crazy things that make no, no sense. So again, that, that's the problem with like saying, oh, I'm keto. You put yourself in a box and then not only become defensive of that system, but you kind of alienate yourself from others around you or really ultimately finding the best diet for you because you get so caught up in doing it in one way. So man, like I just thought that was, I shared with my wife, I'm like, that's the most depressing thing I ever heard. And then she was like, do you remember when we used to go to Cheesecake Factory like during the week and we'd be like, can you guys bring us some hot sauce and celery sticks? And I'm like, oh my fucking God, did we, we actually did that. That was one of the, because, you know, celery is like almost no calories. It's not a negative calorie food, by the way. That's a myth. But, you know, it's, it's one of the lowest calorie foods. And then hot sauce gave some spice. And that's what we were munching on before we'd get like some sort of salad with dressing on the side. Uh, you know, and, and I'm like, wow, that is, I, I, I'm like, why, I, I wish that waiter would have punched me in the face. Like I asked for celery with hot sauce. That's how far you can go on the deep end here. So again, it's it's not healthy and it's definitely not mentally healthy. So please understand that. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you, can, you make a choice with your diet. Do you want to be miserable or do you want to find something that even if it doesn't get you optimal results, it's something that you can still enjoy life, you can still get good results, and it's something you can do for a long period of time. And you always want to choose that over the extremes. So you don't have to go keto to get the benefits of low carb. You absolutely do not. And it's one thing about keto too, like I had mentioned, if you have very low activity level, if you don't do resistance training, if your goal is not to build muscle, you know, keto does become a more viable option for a longer haul. I still don't think it's sustainable because again, how can you cut out all those amazing foods long-term? The substitutes, you know, can only get you so far. They're expensive and you can't really go out to eat. You know, even in California here where everything is very fitness focused and health conscious, you know, uh, carbs are going to find the way in it and they should. You got to be able to use all the, the macronutrients. The three macronutrients all have a role. Protein builds and repairs tissue. It fills you up. It's the cornerstone of every meal. You want to get 30 to 40 grams of complete protein every three to four hours, ideally three or four times total per day for most people is like the ideal way to start. That's my number one nutrition recommendation. And then from there, it's all about finding the right mix of fat and carbohydrate to round out your diet. Some might prefer more fat and less carbs or vice versa, but ultimately you need a balance of both because they're it's just fuel. Carbs are fuel for high intensity exercise. Fat is fuel for lower intensity exercise. And they, they both have nutritional benefits that round out the diet from a vitamin mineral uh, standpoint, et cetera. So just understand that. But if your goal is to build muscle, and especially as you become more advanced with exercise and training, keto is very suboptimal. It's I would say it's bad. It's bad for building muscle because one of the key components, uh, carbs don't build muscle. Protein does that. People make that mistake too. But carbs fuel high-intensity exercise. So uh, if you don't have enough carbohydrate in those muscles, not only are you going to be dragging ass and have poor performance, you're not going to get good pumps. Getting a good muscle pump is one of the key drivers of muscle growth. That's that metabolic stress. So the cellular swelling, like that's a huge part of it. So, you know, what I notice now with having more carbohydrate on a regular basis is I'm getting the best muscle pumps of my life. My training energy is always high. And because I'm incorporating more carbohydrate during the weeks, 
uh, weekdays, I don't go as high carb or extreme on the weekends. I still do more lower carb weekdays, higher carb weekends, but it's not as extreme as it used to be. And you know, as a result, I have less digestive stress. You know, you get crazy gas, and, and you'll be shitting yourself if you just don't have any carbs at all. And then you have a shit ton of carbs. You know, five to seven days later, it's too much. But when I'm incorporating, you know, more good carbohydrates during the week, I don't have the urge to go off on the deep end as much on the weekend. It's just there's more balance there, and I'm having better sessions during the week, which is ultimately the key. Because if I'm having shitty training, I'm not stimulating muscle metabolism as much as possible. And that's going to affect my body composition long term as well. Because the more muscle you build, the more carbohydrates your body can soak up. Your muscles are literally blood sugar sponges. So that's the thing. Part of the beauty of fitness is as you train for a long time and build muscle over the years, you actually build more dietary flexibility into your plan. So yes, beginners think they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Uh, initially, you, you do need to really be more restrictive on how much overall carb, carbohydrate comes in that isn't from fruits or vegetables. Starches and sugars, you got to watch. But as you build muscle and, and get more and, and maintain a body weight for a long period of time, that's another thing too, is your body needs at least a year at a new body weight to really kind of get a new set point. If you're kind of, if you just go after 16 weeks and you've only been there, you, you, don't, you don't own that body weight. It wants to go right back. That's the way your body is all about homeostasis. It wants to go right back to where it was. You've got to be able to, that's why diets suck, right? If you can't pick a sustainable diet, you never can stay at a certain weight or body fat percent long enough to reset your metabolism and then own that. And then you're not going to be as likely to go back, even though you can always go back, but you're going to be less likely. So that's, that's an important part of it too, is that your, your diet, I say this about my training programs, I say this about diet. You want to be ready to run the next race. That's critical. If the, the only plan is just to finish for a certain deadline and then you don't know what to do next, you're fucked. And, then, and there needs to be some sort of, even if you have like a certain deadline or it's like a contest or whatever, those situations apply surely. Getting ready for photo shoot, whatever. But you still want to have some sort of what they call reverse diet and approach where you're going to slowly start reintroducing carbohydrate in a way uh, that's healthy in, in moderation to not overwhelm the system and end up gaining it all back and becoming in worse shape ultimately, right? So the big focus that I want for you to get out of your diet and what we all are striving for is called metabolic flexibility. And that means it's a body that can use both fat and carbs for fuel. If you have a body that can only use carbs for fuel, it means that uh, you're, you're going to be really dependent on sugars and your energy levels will dip and, and go up and down all the way throughout the day. Uh, so you want to be able to be able to depend on fat for fuel as well, lower intensities. That's critical. And if you don't you know how to use fat for fuel, you can't burn fat in your diet or body fat. On the other end, if you can't, if you become carb resistant, which you can from keto, which is why like, you know, 30 grams of carbs or less or zero, uh, becoming carb resistant means that your body loses the ability to metabolize the carbohydrate um, you can't even use it for fuel and it'll really cause a lot of fat storage. That's not a good thing either. The leanest people that stay there at all times, you know, that have been doing this for a long time, their body can use carbs for their high intensity training and it can use fat at all their times. And that's why they can build muscle and burn fat and stay lean and, and maintain that and build upon it. That's what you want from your diet. You got to teach your body. I use both fuel types and eventually I'll do a, podcast on intermittent fasting as well. I get that question a lot. That is a 
you know, short note on that, that is a great way for those that don't not, don't have a, a metabolism that can utilize fat properly to start using fat for fuel more. But again, it still has its limitations. I'll touch on that in a future episode. So keto can make you carb resistant, lead to, lead to digestive stress, shitty workouts, poor performance, and eventually get you in a situation where you're going to want to go on the deep end and, uh, you know, go carb crazy. So, you know, one thing, there is a difference between keto and low carb. Low carb is relative, meaning, if you, uh, however many carbs you have on a regular basis or daily basis, uh, let's say it's, let's, as an example, it was 200 grams, whatever. And again, I don't really track things that much or count. I, I'll, everything I do is based on portions and it's all relative. And, you know, uh, that's just what works for me. Some people like the more analytical approach. So let's say it's 200 grams. So low carb for you would be 100. Now, 100 grams is a high carb diet for someone that is on keto, right? So you see the relative nature of this. But if you're relatively lean with 200 grams of carbohydrate a day and you keep your other macros the same and you come down to 100 grams of carbohydrate, you know, that's a low-carb day. But that's not too low. Like You're going to feel the difference, right? You want to make adjustments in your diet where you – like the best fat-burning meal is one where you, uh, you ate it all and you feel like something's missing but you can – you're good. But you know something was missing. A bad fat burning meal is like fuck. I'm I'm starving and I can't stop thinking about food. That means there was too big of a reduction in portion or uh, elimination altogether of a food group, and that'll that'll affect you. Your body will fucking fight back. It always does, and you can't beat it. You can't beat your brain. You can't beat your biology. So just uh, your neurochemistry. You can't fight that. So again, you got to work with, not against your body. Uh, so low carb is relative. That's the number one thing. So you, it's really whatever you're doing now. Um, if you're eating 1,000 grams of carbs a day, going to 500 would be a, a major reduction, even though that, that is like a super high-carb diet for most people, unless you're like an extreme endurance athlete or you got crazy genetics or a straw man, whatever. Next, carb cycling. Carb cycling allows you to access the benefits of keto and low-carb diets without the negatives, meaning you know becoming carb-resistant, dealing with mood swings, getting you know, poor energy at workouts, everything else. So it can be the two main ways people approach carb cycling. Uh, one is low carb weekdays, meaning so you just, it's lower carb, uh, you know, let's say Sunday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, you have, it's, it's higher carb. And again, you don't want to go on the deep end that way. Cause again, I've done, I've done the extremes of being like keto during the week and then like super high carb in the weekend. And uh, it did not give me the same results I get today where I, I am, you know, more low, lower to moderate during the week. And then it's just, it's, it's, it's higher on the weekend, but it's not crazy. Uh, you'll get better results that way, less swings, right? And then you deal with like, when you do that super high weekend, you go super low, you get all this water out of your system. You look like, you look amazing come Friday morning and you look like shit on Monday. And you don't look good again until the next Friday. So it was like, I could only shoot fucking fitness content on uh, Friday mornings before I would binge and stuff my face. And now I, I can pretty much shoot content the next day because it's never too extreme. So that's the other thing too is dealing with the water weight, the digestive stress. It's not a good look, you know, and uh, especially since most, most people get it on on the weekends. They finally have time. But if you, if you do high-carb weekends, you know, uh, no one, you, never, you don't want to fart in someone's face when they're doing some, some deeds, right? Not, not a good look, not a good sound, not a sexy environment to create. The other option is uh, a real simple one too is just higher carb on training days or high activity days. And then lower carb on off days or uh, less active days. That's another awesome way to access that. So you're basically uh, on those lower days, your body, you're, you're still getting 
probably enough carbohydrate in there to, or using being able to use the carbohydrate that's been stored from previous days, but your body will, will use more fat for fuel in those days. So again, that's that metabolic flexibility. You, you kind of build that in uh, with carb cycling where every week you're, you're letting your body lean on fat or carbs more uh, and be able to use both fuel sources and teach your body how to do that. That's that metabolic flexibility we're striving for. So the, those are the two options, low carb weekdays, higher carb weekends, or higher carb training days, lower carb off days, or low activity days. The other thing I want to talk about is basically a carb pyramid. And, and ultimately, like the best place to start with this is get rid of liquid calories and prioritize produce. People don't realize this, which is strange, but fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. They just happen to be the most nutrient-dense, lower-carbohydrate options. They have the most vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber. They fill you up the most. You can have the most of them without really having to count. Fruit, you got to be a little more cognizant of because it is a higher calorie, more sugar. But um, And then there's some vegetables, like starchy vegetables, like potatoes that, by the way, I'm a huge potato guy. I've never had as many potatoes in my life as I had the last year, and I'm leaner, more muscular. Um, for me, it's like the best starch and it's a vegetable. So like, again, you'll, you'll find this with trial and error, but you know, that that's a potato. I wouldn't only be able to have like once and I, I would avoid it at all costs and be afraid of potatoes. And now I'm not, not only not afraid of it, but I thrive with potatoes during the week and I can still go higher carb in the weekends and maintain my body comp. So that's something to consider too, but just by prioritizing produce, not saying eliminate the other shit, but prioritize produce at each meal. Every meal should be uh, protein and produce foundation if you still need more, you can then add, you know, an additional serving of carbohydrate, you know, and then still try to make good choices like, you know, uh, sprouted green breads and oats and, you know, you want to avoid absolute garbage, you know, clean carbohydrate, you know, if, if it's rice, fine. There's also some really nice uh, alternatives like uh, chickpea pasta, chickpea rice. Uh, I haven't tried the rice, but chickpea pasta is really good. Just a higher fiber and protein version of pasta for those that want to incorporate that stuff. But that's beyond what we'll talk about today. But, you know, just use that carb pyramid. You know, you should be eating mostly produce and then anything else is extra. And if you can get away with the extra is great. And then if you find eh, it's, it's I'm not as lean as I want to be, don't cut out the fruits and vegetables. You know, cut out the extra starch or sugar. Even within produce, there's a pyramid, right? So there are some vegetables and fruits that are higher carb. Um, and, and really at the bottom of that pyramid, the ones you want to have the most are greens and berries. Organic greens and berries have the most nutritional value and uh, the least caloric impact. So those would be the foods that, you know, again, I, I never really count those. I have those, I have berries every single day, greens every single day. It fills you up and anything, uh, like if I was trying to get super lean, it would be mainly greens and berries, uh, a little bit of starchy vegetable like uh, potato, and that would be about it. And and that, but if I was trying to gain some muscle mass, I'd make more room for things like oats and sprouted green breads, etc. But uh, and maybe I'd have more, you know, higher carb fruits like you know pineapples and other things. But you know, again, uh, even within produce itself, there's a pyramid you can use. So a, a high carb uh, day for some might be all fruits and vegetables, and then the lower carb day it might be just greens and berries. Whereas a high carb day for others might be. You know, uh, it's all the carbs and then on the lower carb days, it, you're just going to have produce, right? So again, it's all relative. And again, this is how you can set this up for yourself and see what works best for you. You can also choose lower carb fats and proteins for lower carb day, meaning like, you know, nut butter uh, has, you know, not just fat, right? But it has protein and, and some carbohydrate in it, whereas olive oil is just pure fat. So if you're looking to get, let's say, 16 grams of fat, you'll get a lower calorie 
route through olive oil than peanut butter. And plus, we know peanut butter, like our body was never designed to, to eat peanut butter, man. Like there's a reason why people can eat jars of peanut butter because it's it's so it's the perfect blend of carbs, fat, salt. You know, your body was not designed like your body was designed to. You know, you get nuts off of a fucking tree or you, you have to open up the shell and eat it. And by the time you have like three or four of them, you're just sick of cracking open the shells and you're done. Versus like a jar of this 2,000 calorie deliciousness that you can like eat quickly and put on other delicious things like breads or ice cream. You know, your body loses control with that. So understand that too. And the same thing like dairy protein has additional sugars that come with it. Um you know, so you can choose lower carb fats and proteins on lower carb days, and then you can have you know those other higher carb proteins and fats on higher carb days. So there's so many ways to cycle, but that rotation, you know, like here, let's say you train three times a week. My members of the DailyBJ.com they work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then they can do you know either off or just active, you know, walking, recreational activities other days. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for them could be higher carb days, and then. You know, Tuesday, Thursday, and weekends would be lower carb days. You know, that, that's one way to use it based on your training. So, you know, there's another way you can set that up. Final question I get to on this, or people wonder, like, what about post-workout carbs? Like, don't you need them to build muscle? It drives insulin uh, into your body, and insulin helps, you know, spur muscle growth and deliver nutrients to the muscles. Um, not that that's not true, but again, understanding, like, what an actual macronutrient does. Again, carbs are fuel. Protein is what builds and repairs tissue. So that that is the, that's why like you can still build muscle, you know, on lower carb diets uh, as long as you get enough protein and you have enough overall calories and training fuel. But um, you know, if you're if there is a time to replace carbohydrate, it is after exercise because uh, your body your your is going to be much more willing to take that carbohydrate and restore it into your liver and muscle uh, and muscles as glycogen. You know, so but you don't need like to have 10 bowls of pasta or go off the deep end. Really, it's, you know, 50 to 100 grams of post-workout carbohydrate is all you need. And that's two to four servings. That could be, you know, uh, you know, a cup or two of oats. It could be two to four slices of sprouted grain bread, like the Ezekiel bread brand I love a lot, you know, uh, but it's not two to four servings of carbs max, 50 to 100 grams total is all you'd really worry about. Any more than that would be unnecessary because again, at most in an hour of intensive training, you could burn 50 to 100 grams of carbohydrate and all you'd be looking to do is re- replace that amount, right? You're just trying to replace the fuel that is is expelled and burnt. You don't want to overfill that fuel, that carb tank, right? Like we talked about. So that's one thing too. And, and you know, look, the bottom line with this, you need to experiment and see what amount of daily and weekly carbs works best for you. Uh, what type of, if you're someone, by the way, that like loves to eat, you thrive in eating the same amount of carbohydrates every single day and that works for you and it's sustainable, do it. But I think most people like the reason I like the low carb, lower carb weekdays, higher carb weekends. It works with uh, social eating. That's you know the Atkins. Um, a lot of diets got that right. Like we we as humans need that that dietary flexibility, and I think that's important for a sustainability standpoint, a mental health standpoint. So you know during the week we're we're structured, we're busy, we don't have really time to think about delicious food, and there's this reward waiting for us as well during the weekends. You know, where we can indulge in moderation and get right back on track and it becomes a lifestyle. But again, you know, you also don't want to be someone that, and this has happened to me in the past too, where like uh, one of the big jokes in our house is like, I, I, I lose it. So I used to lose, lose it when my wife would have popcorn on Tuesdays. I'm like, fucking Tuesdays? Have popcorn, fine, but do it on, you know, Friday, Saturday. But like Tuesday, you know, again, like you get in that situation, that could be dangerous. Or a special event comes up and it happens like midweek or earlier in the week. 
and, and you're going to, you know, be that weirdo that's like eating, you know, chicken broccoli with, you know, no sauce, you know, just that week, make that your higher carb day, right? So that that's where this, this comes to time. And again, like, it's not just about who cares what people think that's, that's, that's one thing, but you also make people uncomfortable around you. And I didn't really realize how much that was happening in the past when I was super extreme. It's like, no one wants to be around that dude or, or, or gal who's like a freak. It makes them feel self-conscious and it takes away their enjoyment and also makes them feel bad about themselves because like you're this militant G.I. Joe, G.I. Jane that like never cheats. And people don't like that. <laughs> There's a reason why like when I used to share myself eating burgers and fries or pizza, people like, you know, they, they like those posts more than me sharing a healthy meal because again, it, 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 it be, it's more human. It's People can relate to that. And what people ultimately want, by the way, if you're fitness pro listening, is they want to, they rather they rather follow someone that can be human, but have success in fitness and look a certain way while being human and finding the right way and blend and allowing you to teach them to do that is really the biggest tool I can give you. Taking away the anxiety and the fear and the phobias with diet and finding a plan that works for you that that you know without that delivers like ultimately right how much sacrifice are you willing to make, right? We all can look better, right? But there's a degree of sacrifice all of us are willing to make. Uh, it's different than others. You just got to be realistic with the results. If you're not willing to sacrifice that much, you're not going to be as lean. And that might, that's fine because you'll still be leaner than most people and you'll be healthy and happy and still enjoy all the beautiful foods that life has to offer. So I hope this helped. Um, you know, again, diet has become uh, like politics or religion. That's a, that's a bad thing. And I, I, I feel ashamed how early in my career I, I was so militant with this and I put my issues and my phobias on other people when I, I really should have just listened more to them and allowed them to make the mistakes and find out where best for them and understand diet is a, is a journey. But man, uh, and it's taken me a long time to get here, but it is amazing when you get to the point in your life, if you allow yourself to get there and be consistent with it, where you know exactly what to do. I can make quick changes now and get shredded. Um, and, and, you know, but throughout each given week, I know exactly how to do it so that I can eat, eat the foods I love when I want to do it. Um, but still look the way I need to look to do my profession and enjoy my life and hit my goals. And that's a, that's a fun place to be where, where no foods are off limit, but you just find the right ratio and blend of all of it to make it work for you, your goals, your personality, your life. I love you guys. I hope this helps. Please do me a favor. Uh, if you find this to be beneficial, you know someone else who uh, has tried keto or is wondering about keto versus low-carb or low-carb diets or whatever else, please uh, send this to them. Share it with them. If you enjoyed it, please give me a five-star review. And also, a written review is always appreciated. Trying to spread the podcast and build it up and impact more more good people like you. You can follow me on all social media outlets at BJ Gador, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. And you can get a free three-day trial to my monthly fat loss programs at thedailybj.com. I hope this helped. Uh, this was 15 or 16 years of trial and error, lots of mistakes, uh, dealing with you know low-carb, high-carb, all the carbs, whatever. And uh, what I want to do is just kind of simplify it and, and allow you to kind of see how sim- simple this can be and how easy this can be if you just allow yourself to not worry what anybody else is doing, not get caught in any sort of box or religious uh, organization or thought of, of the way to approach nutrition, right? There's no bad food groups. There's just uh, the, the right mix and blend for you. It's all about you, what works for you, nobody else. 
Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't, don't get caught to the bullshit of fad diets. Uh, you need all the you need you need fats, you need carbs, you need protein. Your goal over the course of your lifetime is find the right healthy mix of all three of those. Love you guys. Peace.